Hello there, it's Chappie the British Butler, it's Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese, and it's episode number 77. Okay, just let me, I just need to double check that. A lot of people say I get my numbers wrong, and I've been getting my numbers wrong for years. I'm terrible at mathematics. Ask any of my teachers. Really bad. So bad. Abacus doesn't help. Uh, Fingers and toes don't help. Um... You know, I do have an extra couple of toes on my uh, left foot. I'm only kidding. I'm not uh, doing an ambulance here. But, uh, I mean, some people always uh, out there dating. People um, have asked in the past when I was dating. Uh, do you have any extra toes or fingers? Do you have any extra toes or fingers? I mean, they think there's a sort of whole inbred British butler thing going on here. Um, but no, I do not have any uh, extra toes or fingers indeed. So, all right, g- chappy, focus, focus, focus. So, what are we here? Yes, it is 77. 76 yesterday, we did a tribute to Prince Philip. And we have a little bit more of the whole Prince Philip um, remembrance tributes today. But things I've seen sort of in the aftermath of everything from yesterday, like little stories, people coming forward... I mean, some of the really interesting stuff is uh, is stories of people, normal people, who've come across Prince Philip and, uh, you know, enjoyed his company, enjoyed his wit, uh, had the wrath of the Duke as well. Um, so there's a few little stories in, but we do have our normal show today, uh, which I'm sure you're, uh, you know, happy about as well. Um, but it's lovely to be here. It's a beautiful spring day here in Colorado, and... Um, we have some interesting things on the podcast today. So, uh, introducing some of our worldwide audience to the Grand National that was run a few minutes ago. So, I'm going to introduce the Grand National and I'm going to talk about the result. Uh, it was very, very interesting. Um, controversial race. Some people hate it. Lots of people love it. And, uh, you know, I'm ready to uh, ready to discuss that over the course of the uh, podcast over the next uh, hour or so. Um, some of the other things that we may or may not uh, be discussing today on this rather, you know, curious, it's a curiosity, I'd say, this podcast, is a little bit disorganized. <clears throat> like myself, I try to tidy myself up for uh, the podcast, Spick and Spam, um, you know, a Saturday sports coat today, do have my jodhpurs and high boots as well. Uh, it's almost like I'm going riding myself. Uh, but I'm only going to be riding the armchair today, uh, watching the Grand National, of course, and uh, also the US Masters, which is another fantastic uh, sports event um, that uh, comes this time of year, around the time of my birthday. Um, and thank you very much for everybody who commented on my uh, little uh, birthday trip. It was uh, rather lovely. Uh, I got a, a beautiful hamper full of delicacies, British delicacies, that only somebody who was very, very kind and also very, uh, very loving um, put together for me. Uh, thank you, Nicole. And uh, it, it, was, it was smashing. Monster munches, uh, lots of biscuits. Um, I am going to have to get out the corset to hold in the tummy. Um, but that's going to be popping out and probably ca- causing all sorts of flesh wounds. I mean, it's lucky I'm not conducting an orchestra with a corset on because it would explode and probably injure half the orchestra. Uh, with all these goodies that are going on. But it's absolutely fantastic and lots of love. Um, So, anyway, as I said, some of the things we're talking about, or may not be talking about, 
as you know, you know, we do, we do, we don't have a, a run running order for the show. We pick and choose as we go along. You know, I, I, I do hold my nose up to the air, take a deep sniff, and see what comes into my brain because everything's powered through this nose. I mean, it's like excavating gold. You know, when you when you stick the fork in and trying to get a sense of where the gold is when you're excavating gold. My nose, I have the golden nostrils. It's the same sort of thing. And and, and, and that's really what, what I do when it comes to the show's running order. Um, we, we, we have the all-person's fictitious disclaimer on a lot of movies. Watched a lot of James Bond movies, um, much to people's chagrin over the last week. Um, but yeah, there's a fictitious dis- disclaimer, so I'm going to be talking about that as well. We have more enigmatic English eccentrics. We have an absolutely delightful historical Tinder uh, contestant today. Uh, an American one, actually, who was rather sort of odd, and I didn't even realize that. Uh, as I said, the history of the Grand National. We have the before, talking about the Grand National, and then the aftermath as well. Uh, I need to find a th- third nipple. I think a third nipple could help me out in all sorts of w- uh, ways. Um, I heard an interesting piece of uh, horse racing commentary today. The astrology app that was trying to uh, screw me out of a bunch of money. Um, also, you know, I, I also, also like on the podcast here, I see a variety of animals and they sometimes mean different things to me. Uh, and it could be a load of nonsense, you know. They always say that Aries don't believe in astrology. I, I do like a little bit of astrology. But I saw two birds over the course of the last week. And uh, what does it mean? One's an old friend. Uh, and one's uh, runs relatively new or in a, in a sort of new situation more than anything else which is you know quite interesting uh, and the fact that it was solitary that's that's the interesting part also um, I'm going to introduce a horse nose bag into uh, into uh, you know carnal activities I think it could be an absolute game changer um, sheet companies are asking me questions uh, in more uh, social uh, social media dilemmas um also why are so many skiers short i I mean i i I would like to take up skiing i think i would injure myself probably uh probably break my funny bone and we don't want to do that i hear the audience out there saying you haven't got a funny bone anyway you know um it's almost like a pantomime i I sense my audience is like a pantomime who's behind you you're funny. No, you aren't. You know, it's also it's that sort of thing going on. I think with my uh, with my audience, it's that sort of slightly camp, older uh, audience who probably falls asleep before the interval. That's my audience, I think. Um, also, um, some things that I saw in in the room that I stayed in in the week uh, as well. Why inbred monarchs don't measure up as rulers? Doctors prescribe a dose of Shakespeare, as we heard last week. Uh, uh, Boris Johnson likes to prescribe a dose of Shakespeare in the boudoir. Um, why we're not alone in the culture club, animal attraction, uh, the controversial bear story. Um, we're not going to be talking about kilts anymore today. I, I, people say I've got a fascination for kilts. Foragers fined for filling bags with fungi. Multi-armed and dangerous octopus attacks Australian scientists. Uh, we do have uh, some Trump or trombone coming back uh, after a little bit of a, a, a break uh, from yesterday. Uh, models of, who bared all in Dubai balcony photo shoot are arrested. Whistling sexists in Italy told to change their tune. I mean, it's a fun-packed, show-packed uh, type of uh, type of endeavour today, um, and uh, you're most welcome to it. Um, 
as I said before, you can get a musical version on Spotify and Anchor FM, and you can get the uh, audio version with just my dulcet tones, perfect for you know uh, nocturnal activities. If you want to be put to sleep, uh, all of that is very very good uh, for the uh, for the audio version across uh, many different platforms. I've joined quite a few different platforms: Breaker, I think, obviously Apple Music. Um, and uh, TuneIn Radio, Pandora, all of that, and there's and there's some new ones as well. Uh, so you can find me almost anywhere. You could probably put a glass uh, to the wall and your ear to the glass and hear "Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese" episode number seventy-seven, and make yourself comfortable. It's, it's a long weekend of sport if that's what interests you. Um, I mean, I think if I was out there, out and about hiking, I'd still have to bring some sort of radio commentary so I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't miss the US Masters. Any chance of a British winner, I always tune in. Justin Rose is leading at the moment. I'd probably put the death curse on him, and he's now going to lose. They said, Chappie, you're not that powerful. You don't have universal skills to, um, you know, to stop somebody from winning a major sporting event. Well, you know, as I said, if I put my nose in the air, the golden nostrils can affect all and sundry. Okay, I think we need a little bit of a hunting horn. For any of you still asleep, I think we need a hunting horn to raise from our slumber this morning. Oh, this guy's got uh, can hold his breath. Hate to see him underwater. That's how it seems fantastic. Here we go. All right, so do you all have the horn now? I do hope so. So just a little example for you lot who are listening on Spotify. You've just had the fabulous horns of Herb Albert with Janet Jackson on Diamonds. So there we go. I want you to choose your poison wisely in terms of the podcast. Do you want music to sort of soothe you after listening to Chappie's rants? Or do you just want to hear full-on Chappie? I mean, this is like triple X Chappie without any music. Your choice. So, reading in the week, we have the all-person's fictitious disclaimer. So, this is an interesting thing. In a work of media, in one which states that the person's portrayed is not based on real people, this is mostly done on films and television. I guess it could be done on podcasts as well. Many people do not think that I am real. I am. I'm gonna. I'm gonna actually go and pinch myself now. I'm gonna pinch my cheek, whoop, and I'm gonna pinch my um, just above the nipple. Yeah, I am real. So anyway, um, this is done on films and TV to reduce the possibility of legal action for libel from any person who believes they might have defamed by their portrayal in the work. Whether portrayed under their real name or a different name, um, the wording of this disclaimer varies and differs from jurisdiction to jurisdiction, as does its legal. I need a lawyer here to explain this to me. But anyway, so I saw that, and it means I, I watched a lot of Bond movies, and there's a lot of Bond talk, I think, in the podcast today, uh, or possibly next week as well. Um, but anyway, I was thinking about hooked hands, hand uh, sidekicks, villains, henchmen's, uh, jaws with a metal teeth, metal hat of odd job, the sumo wrestler throwing the metal hat. I mean, of course these people are fictitious. Do you see a eight-foot giant walking around with metal teeth? Do you see uh, an Asian gentleman with a bowler hat that's got uh, metal in it? Well, maybe maybe this does happen. 
I haven't been uh, out to uh, uh, to China, Japan. I haven't been out to Asia yet. So maybe that does happen. Um, do you have uh, are there many hooked hands and in individuals? Maybe in the Caribbean with the pirates, there's a lot of hooked hands. Maybe there's a dating site for women who like men with hooked hands, or or men that like women with hooked hands. I haven't delved into this. I don't want to, to be honest. But I think that could be very painful and very cold in the morning. Having a hook, you know, touching your touching you all together in the morning with a, you know, with the coldness of a hook. I mean, I could that they could wake the dead, and shrivel everything else up probably. Uh, so I mean, of course, these people are fictitious. You know, are there blonde um, former Nazis called Zorin? Possibly, you know. Um, but uh, but I don't think anybody in their right mind would think that these characters are not based on real people. Maybe this, you know, a small person or a midget potentially. But you know, maybe uh, maybe this, it, it, maybe there are people out there. I haven't found the people with the metal teeth. I mean, Goldie has the gold teeth. The Goldie, the um, the DJ and uh, and singer, uh, R and B music. He has gold teeth, so perhaps it's true. But I think you almost don't have to put the fictitious label on there. But I know this week I'm going to be walking down the street. There's going to be a hooked hand. There'll be a giant with metal teeth. Uh, there'll be probably somebody with a club foot, uh, one eye, bad scar down the face, with a bald head and a white cap. It could happen. So why inbred monarchs didn't measure up as rulers? Inbred monarchs were worse rulers. Those with diverse genetics like Elizabeth I were more competent, according to an analysis of 13 states across eight centuries. Economic historians studied 331 monarchs in countries including England and Scotland that ruled between 990 and 1800. The most inbred monarch the most inbred monarch in the dataset, Charles II of Spain, was described as short, lame, senile, and completely bald. 35, and an abject failure. I mean, he, he would do well on Tinder, wouldn't he? The historians found that overall kings and queens were more inbred and significantly less capable rulers, and ability of monarchs had strong effect in the performance of their countries. The inbreeding and personal qualities of the more recent monarchs have been a little of consequence with powers have been constrained by parliaments. While the current British royals are outside the scope of the study, they're less inbred than many that are featured. Um, marriages of close relatives were common in European monarchies for dynastic reasons in spite of prohibitions from the Catholic Church. Levels of inbreeding increased significantly between the 15th and 18th centuries. The practice is now known to raise mental and physical disorders of descendants. The researchers at the University of California in Los Angeles studied the pedigrees of the monarchs to calculate their degree of inbreeding. They looked at both appraisals of their ruling ability in historical sources, the performance of their countries during their reigns. This was based on assessments of factors including economic growth, political stability, and territorial expansion. Their findings, published in the working paper for America's National Bureau of Economic Research, contradict the views of many historians that rulers' abilities made little difference with countries' fortunes shaped instead by underlying economic uh, forces. Where the first paper actually showed the casual relationship between the ruler's ability and the performance of the country. I mean, look at Emperor Trump. Um, on the extent of the negative effect of inbreeding on the ruler's ability, Vortlander says, if you go from zero inbreeding to the degree of inbreeding for uncle, niece, offspring, which is quite common, 
Ruler ability drops at 0.6 on a scale of 1 for a bad ruler uh, to, uh, to minus 1 for a bad ruler to 1 for a good ruler. And Voltlander explains it could be that historians just rated rulers as capable for periods when the country was doing well because the country was doing well. So what you need is this variation in ruler ability that has nothing to do with the performance of the country uh, as such. And that's exactly why we use inbreeding to predict ruler ability. We found a very strong negative relationship, meaning that rulers who were more inbred were indeed less capable. Okay, so I think I need a third nipple. I do need, indeed, a third nipple. Should I get one implanted? But I, I think it would give me extra wisdom, fantastic prowess. You know, I saw it in the James Bond movie, uh, Man with a Golden Gun, and Scaramanga has a third nipple. And it made me think, you know, can I get a third nipple? I mean, would a plastic one attached give me all the benefits that the third nipple had? So I'm just doing a little search here. Uh, you've got the third nipple on Amazon. Do you have a third nipple? How can you tell? Uh, third nipple incidents, types, causes, and removal. Uh, third nipple supernumerary or mammary nipple, types, causes, and removal. The miracle nipple for pets. Extra blessings, a treatise on the third nipple. Mammavac nipple shield, conical shape. And then Lily, Lily Allen discusses her famous third nipple. So I want, okay, so that didn't work. So let's just go onto eBay. I just want to type in third nipple on eBay. Um, okay, so third rail, horseshoe, ball lip, nose piercing, third nipple, that's a jazz group. Airy nipple, lace invisible, no show, backless, strapless bra. Um, oh, here we go. Three quarter inch offset third nipple installation. So, what does this say here? Um, you can you can actually buy some. I don't know. You can install a third nipple with an Appleton offset third male installation, malleable iron, two inch two inch it looks like a tube or a pipe and you can install a, a third nipple all right well i don't let's type in comedy third nipple let's see what comedy comedy third nipple what does it give me i mean you couldn't do this back in 1988 i mean you couldn't search it'd be more embarrassing searching for a third nipple in 1988 when there was no internet no, well, I don't, don't want to be seeing that. There's a rather large uh, phallic object, and I sort of didn't want to see that. Thanks very much. Okay, so finally on Amazon, third nipple. Let's see what we have on Amazon. Um, you have an ointment for stretch marks. Why do men have nipples? Uh, installment enlightenment's fast, deep, and sexy. Uh, there's a third nipple jazz show again. And then you have the Hacker Manual Breast Pump with Milk Bottle, especially for a third nipple. And then you have a flow nipple as well. So there are breast pumps out there for third nipples. Absolutely fascinating. But I cannot get myself a comedy plastic third nipple that I think could change my whole outlook. I think it's almost like having a yogi. Getting into that mindset. You know, the extra sense that we don't have. 
exploring parts of the brain. We're only using, like, I don't know, 20% of the brain. I think the extra nipple could give me up to maybe 80 to 90% full capacity. So I'm going to keep looking. My search continues. So let's talk about the very esteemed horse race that uh, started in the 17th century, the Grand National. It's a steeplechase event. So it's, it's a fabulous sporting occasion. It's controversial, um, but fascinating to watch. I mean, it often occurs on Masters weekend as well, which is very interesting as well. It's two great sporting events together. Um, but it is Grand National Day. They had a virtual Grand National that was uh, based around um, statistics and uh, computer-generated uh, horse race last year that was very interesting as well, looking at the form and putting the form, which horses prefer the good to soft ground or firm ground and everything else. But the Grand National is a national hunt race which is run left-handed over four miles. That's two and a half furlongs for the... Uh, for the equestrian people out there, four miles and 514 yards over 30 fences, 16 separate fences jumped multiple times at Aintree Racecourse in Liverpool in the UK. It is seven, it's for seven years old and over, which are rated 120 or more by the British Horse Racing Authority. And it's previously placed as a recognized chase of three miles, three miles or more. It was first ran in 1839 on the 26th of February and is the most valuable jump race in Europe. It is widely believed that the first race took place in 1836. However, 1836, 37, 38 were all disregarded as it believed they took place at Mughill, not Aintree. The 1839 Grand National, which is believed to have been the real first Grand National, was won by Lottery, what a good name, who was rode by Jern Mason. It was not until 1843 that the Grand National was made into a handicap by Edward Topham, who was the respected handicapper at the time and held great influence over the National for the first four years. During the First World War, 18, uh, 1916 to 18, Aintree Racecourse was taken over by the War Office so an alternative race could take place at Gatwick Racecourse. And now the land that's occupied by Gatwick Airport. In 1916, the race is called the Race Course Association Steeplechase. Um, and then in 1918, the race is called the War National Steeplechase. However, these races were not classed as Grand Nationals as the results of these races were often left out in the winner's list. So between, in the Second World War, 1941 to 45, no Grand National was run at Aintree Racecourses used for armed forces again and defence use. So, I mean, there's been many key winners over the years. You know, you had Jem Mason on lottery for the first one, multiple winners, Abel Carter in 1850 and 1851. Um, the race was won by Rubio, a famous horse uh, in 1928, the record for the fewest finishes in the Grand National. And then you had the uh, race, the Foynaven race, won by 100 to 1 in 1967 when a lot of the horses fell. And then in 1970, you had beautiful Red Rum winning three Grand Nationals. And then Bob Champion, who defeated Cancer, the jockey, won an old Aniti in 1981. I mean, there's so many stories. The fabric of the Grand National is amazing. I mean, it is one of those tingle down the spine sporting events. And then it happened today. A year has passed since they had the virtual Grand National. No Grand National was ran last year. And then this year, they think it could be historical. There's a number of female jockeys. No female jockey has ever won the Grand National. 
but Rachel Blackmore, the incredibly talented jockey, was taking part in the national. And for most of the race, you know, one horse was doing very, very well. And then I think overstepped its mark and, and got very, very tired. And then Rachel Blackmore rode home. I mean, it was an amazing achievement. I mean, she won on Manila Times at Aintree. Irish lady, 11 to 1 chance, owned by Henry Bromhead to Bromhead, saddled up rider, bulk of the floss. And she said, I don't feel male or female right now. I don't even feel human after winning the race. I mean, what a fantastic. She had been, achieved the landmark success at the Cheltenham Festival, become the first jockey, uh, women uh, jockey to be the meeting's leading jockey about a month ago. So, huge day for horse racing and females in sport, breaking down the barriers. Sisters are truly doing it for themselves. No, the numbers are absolutely lovely. They're better than eccentrics now. So here we go. We have a double whammy today on the enigmatic English eccentric habits. You know my love of the full English. I don't think we've ever had the enigmatic English eccentric habit being breakfast. Who knows? There's people taking notes on the show and minutes of the show. So maybe I have talked about it before. But here we go. So the breakfast. This is an enigmatic English eccentric food habit. Double egg, bacon, sausage, beans, and do you want taste with that, love? Is there anything more loin-girdingly British than a morning fry-up? So good that it hasn't even been restricted to the mornings. You're going to have it all day now. The all-day breakfast is the mark of a great British cafe, or kef. And then you've got the uh, beautiful cabbage. And I think it's got grated potato in. Somebody's going to call me up on that. Bubble and squeak. It's a gourmet bonus, a brucey bonus. Higher, my love, higher, higher. More eggs, higher, my love. Nothing in this game for two in a bed, higher. Look out for the cuddly toy with the fry up. Nice to see you, to see you, nice. Anyway, there's a bit of British Forsyth. I don't use as nasally as that. Maybe he was, I can't remember. And then our second little mini chapter on enigmatic English eccentrics, talking class. Within 10 seconds of any British person opening their mouth to speak to another British person, each mentally deduces the following about the other. Likely address, to within a mile. Schooling, income, politics, dining habits, reading habits, often with considerable accuracy. Okay, so I don't know if this is a social dilemma or not. Maybe it is. It's definitely a dilemma. I do have a love of astrology. I know it's rare for Aries, as I said earlier. But um, I saw this interesting app, and everybody's obviously everybody's listening. The whole internet has some sort of hearing horn to listen to whatever I'm saying, doing online, wherever I am. And um, so... Got a little um, little link through for an astrology sign. I thought, well, this looks quite interesting. So you go in, you put in your date of birth, where you're born, what time you were born. And it works out, you know, rising sign, moon sign, and all of that. And um, I thought, well, that sounds pretty interesting. What's it going to tell me about, you know, 
Am I going to get a free all-day breakfast from somewhere? From maybe an Irish pub in Colorado? I mean, that would be, uh, that would be rather lovely. To go with a hamper as well. I'm, we're probably going to turn into some sort of uh, butler sumo wrestler at this rate. But uh, then it asked me, it wanted to scan my hands. So, it, I mean, it's, it's almost like crossing your palms with silver. But it wanted to scan my hands. So, like some sort of daft apeth, I, um, I scan my hands. And um, both hands, you know, it, you, you know, you hold it up to the camera. And um, I don't know if I want to see the size of my hands. I mean... Now, size 13 feet, so I don't know if that is equivalent to the hand size. Do people with big feet have small hands? Or can you get a big-footed person with small hands? There's just a question I'm putting out there. So it scanned my hands, you know, the optical illusion with all the fingers and holding my, ha- my fingers up to the computerized image of the, uh, of the drawn palm and drawn hands. And it took the picture. And it made me think, now... These people have my fingerprints on file. So, you know, they may be very genuine. They may be reading my lifelines or something along those lines. Um, But I I, I do think that they could be also stealing every bit of information about me, including my fingerprints. I mean, do, do they want to do a retina scan next? A retina scan or a rectum scan? I mean, is that like the mighty triumvirate? The palm scan? The retina scan and the rectum scan. There we go. They have everything now. They can shaft me whenever they like. That could be the case. But there we go. Be very wary, people, of, you know, of internet thieves, internet pirates out there trying to take your palm prints to give you an astrology reading. Trying to read your lifeline. So, Trump or trombone, the most heinous headlines of the week, and we equate it to a Trump or a raspy trombone. And okay, Cameo offers birthday message from Bernie Sanders mittens after they went viral. Senator Bernie Sanders become one of the biggest memes of 2021 thanks to the image of him in a coat with the mittens at Joe Biden's inauguration. So a popular service is also offering an unusual cho- choice in giving customers the chance to receive greetings from Bernie Sanders mittens. The option, which listed as an inaugural fashion icon, tells customers to feel the burn, not the burn, maybe you need some ointment for that, a a hand-warming story from the needles of Vermont to the steps of the Capitol on Organization Day. It's not currently known who's behind the account, but customers left rave reviews for the product, 15 to 16 reviews at five stars. One customer wrote, Thank you, Bernie's Mittens, for the excellent birthday message. My son loved it. We're sending you the muffled sound of hand claps. Almost sounds like the Zen one hand clapping. One mitten clapping, maybe. Highly recommended. Thanks again. So the Medicaid mittens promise mittens for all. Nobody will be left out in the cold. Mittens are a right, not a privilege, for those with hairy warm hands. And a couple believe they have captured a big cat sprinting across a field behind their garden after re-watching the security camera. Chris and his partner, who live in Frodsham Cheshire, found a dead chicken and a few sets of footprints earlier the morning on the 18th of March. So, I mean, the big cat should do a taste test. Chlorinated chicken versus organic. The chicken was reputed to say, eat more cow. 
The well-hung, ripped squirrel with a six-pack leaves people impressed and afraid. People are shocked, impressed, even a little jealous of a muscular squirrel with an abnormality and a large scrotum. After his photo went viral, people suggest he belongs with John Holmes in the movies. Social media users are equally impressed and intimidated by the viral photo of a rib squirrel, which has a huge, a huge, huge pair of nuts, not the edible kind. It almost seems like this would be a harvest festival for squirrels, this squirrel's female lover, or a naughty nut feast. Alas, he used not a flying squirrel, then he would be a nut gathering, nut showing, super rat of the trees. And social media can be a wonderful source of inspiration, no matter what you do, be it travel, cooking, fashion, design or fitness. But we should also be wary of believing everything we see online, as we don't always know the reality behind a picture. At this point, one personal trainer is recently highlighted in a powerful post on Instagram. Georgina Cox took to the platform to share a video showing how easy it is for fitness accounts to fake body transformations. That's exactly what I do, fake body transformations using certain angles, items of clothing, and lighting and techniques. In the clip, she transforms her body in mere seconds by pulling up her underwear higher, so a little wedgie action, breathing in and changing the position of her shoulders. She admitted that she had previously fallen seemingly amazing transformations like this before knowing the truth, and in turn had felt left disappointed with her own progress. So all that's required is a good thong and a great erect posture. Uh... Don't show the face, though. You can never hide the double chin. Can you airbrush the double chin or add fat, I wonder? Because fat can smooth out any wrinkles. Or maybe even the face thong. So saw some wonderful, extra interesting things um, about... Uh, it, was, it was about Prince Philip. Um, some stories that, you know, came out, came out after the big day, uh, after what happened... The, you know, the, um, the sadness. But people who've met him, little stories, little incidences, chance meetings, all of this. So one of the things I saw that was very, very interesting uh, on, one, in, on Twitter is a gentleman, Stu only lives tweets, and uh, he said he remembers Peter Hunt, the director of the Majesty Secret Service with George Lazenby. George Lazenby was uh, taught to walk like Prince Philip. And, you know, if you remember the scene where George lays him down a rig, so Contessa Teresa and Bond are walking around the gardens at uh, Draco's house, Teresa's uh, father's house, and he's very upright, double-breasted blazer, walking like Prince Philip. I thought that was very interesting as well. Uh, and then I had no idea. I saw this um, on, on Twitter as well. A young lady posted it. I had no idea the Duke of Edinburgh's mother hid a Jewish family during the war. And she said, my Jewish great-grandmother hid during the war with the help of a doctor. Re really is one of the greatest sacrifices an individual can make. And she said, I can see where the Duke of Edinburgh got his principles from. So that was very interesting as well. And then finally, saw this. My crazy wife had some work dealings with Prince Philip. 
The first time, nervous, she didn't want to tell him that she did her Duke of Edinburgh award because she thought it would be too boring. In the end, she blurted out, I did the Duke of Edinburgh, which he said, I'm sure I'd remember that, young lady. And probably my favourite of all about Prince Philip. So Philip died yesterday, the 9th of April. April the 9th is the 99th day of the year, and he was 99. That's just absolutely fascinating. Okay, so it's our historical Tinder game. We take a historical figure um, who, you know, may be a bit of a naughty chap, uh, may have been a despot, and we decide whether it's a left swipe, which may be the uh, guillotine coming down, or the axe, or skull crushed, or something, or the swipe right where he may escape with his concubine. So today we have a U.S. president. It's Ulysses S. Grant. And he is said to be obsessed with keeping his naked body hidden from the world, according to the man he succeeded. Ulysses S. Grant may be well known as one of the finest soldiers in the United States ever produced, plus a very astute politician who made it all the way to the White House. But that doesn't mean he wasn't human, with the same quirks and weird obsessions as everybody else. For instance, despite leading soldiers in numerous battles during the horrific American Civil War, Grant hated the sight of blood. And not just human blood, he had also asked for his steaks to be cooked the right way and served to him with the charcoal on it. What's more, uh, in the Civil War, Grant's men and fellow soldiers soon learned he would never wash or change his uniform in front of them. Instead, he would wash the tent with the entrance firmly laced up. Of course, he carried this obsession with him into peacetime too. Indeed, when he was in his 60s, Grant allegedly claimed, or some say even boasted, that nobody had ever seen him fully nude, fully naked, since he was a young boy. Interestingly, Grant was married twice, and had children with each of his wives. So I love to give you a little bit of a chuckle on Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. Uh, you know, also motivate you a little bit, make you feel good. I mean, these are all important things. So I saw some very interesting things uh, across social media, and this was, this was lovely. You'll always be young in somebody's eyes and old in someone else's eyes, talented to a friend and terrible to another. The world's never going to agree on, on a definition of what you are. So you might as well ignore that stuff and be whatever you want to be for yourself. This was lovely too. It was secret hieroglyphics on Twitter to somebody I'm their only follower. And this is what it said. Interesting, possibly prophetic. Love is missing someone whenever you're apart, but somehow feel warm inside because you're close in heart. Love truly changes everything. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast. Uh, it's been absolutely fantastic to have you here. Your company, as always, uh, through the ether, is marvellous. Um, so we finished today uh, with a little poem. But at Keep Cheese on uh, Twitter, Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese Instagram, uh, I have the musical edition of Chappie's podcast, Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. That's on Spotify. Everywhere else, you could just hear me rambling without any music. So we finished today with a little poem uh, called The Grand National, um, and it's a, it's a lovely Sheena Blackhall poem. And hats off to Rachel Blackmore for winning The Grand National today. Do you like the smell of horses? Warm hay with a hint of musk, nut brown, grey, or raven black, eyes dark and moist as dusk. Horses and women too, thoroughbreds groomed and gleaming, the jockeys in vibrant silks, 
the women painted and preening the punters in natty suits, the flanks of the riders steaming. Beaches Brook five feet with a steep drop, two horses in 1989. The chair six feet in height took Joe Wynn's life. Canal turn, Easter hero fell, causing a pileup. Horse and man commingle, Foynaven fence, a loose horse, pop him down. Cut down the leaders like a row of thistles, Law Oaksley recollected to the press. The fastest winning horse of Mr. Frisk, the oldest winning horse was Peter Simple. The names that people saddle horses with. Rule the world, comply or die, don't push it many clouds. Silver Birch, Red Rum, Charity, Miss Mowbray, Shannon Lass, Frygate, Nantus, Nickel Coin the Lamb. The owners, hairdressers, comedians, football gurus, royals, businessmen. And now a surgery has been constructed to keep the casualties of grown-up play. Two treatment boxes, x-ray units, video, endoscopy, Ukine solarium, sandpit facilities. Oxygen water available, five-star equine treatment all the way. Red rum is buried at the winning post. Do his bones stir as runners thunder past. Again, from me to you, have a good weekend. Cheerio for now and enjoy the rest of the week. I will be reunited very, very soon on Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese.